Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Joy, cry aloud, thou that did not travail with child. It says, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. <laughs> Only God can say some things. He says, single barren, and thou that did not bear, he says, break forth in the singing. That is, this is not the casual, just sing because they told you to sing. Sing because you are feeling something inside of your belly. Sing. Break forth in the singing. He says, cry aloud. That is, shout hysterically. Cry aloud. Thou that did not travail with child. He says, for more are the children of the desolate. The desolate that has no child around, that has no body around. The guy that is in the desert that cannot see anybody within his environment, within his context. Someone that does not have someone to call his own. A desolate person. God says, you have more children <laughs> than the one that is married and has children. Wow, what is God trying to say? You know, sometimes I feel one of the reasons why a lot of people take exceptions to God or have issues with God is because God, God sometimes can come across as being very insensitive. Don't you think so? He comes across as being very insensitive. How could you look at a barren woman and you're mocking her by saying she should sing? Why would you tell someone who is barren, who cannot see any evidential proof of fruitfulness in our environment, and you tell her to begin to sing a product of joy, a product of excitement, a product of fulfillment, something that is reaching down into our soul for her to bring it out and sing. And she's barren. What kind of a God is this? Why are you whining me? Why are you whining me? Why would you tell a woman who is about to eat her last meal and perhaps die to give it to a prophet who is able-bodied, who can work for himself and get something to eat. It is a woman who is weak in a very low estate, in a very low moment and weak moment. You come to her and you say, God said, give me the last meal you have. God sometimes comes across as very insensitive. Especially when we're looking at that God and evaluating him through the lens of the 21st century social media expert. All right? He's so insensitive, so unempathetic. Why would you say such a thing to a barren woman? Are you mocking her? You put it online and you begin to say, see a, a God asking a barren woman to sing, torturing her emotionally, psychologically messing her up, gaslighting her, manipulating her, making her feel so worthless. How can you be telling a barren woman to sing? Amen. The overflow is not what happens after God blesses you. And I want you to really understand what I'm about to share with you tonight. The overflow is not what happens to you after the Lord blesses you with material possession. Oh, I'm in the overflow because I have more cars than I can handle. I have more shirts, more clothes, more money, more jobs, more projects, more financial resources and network and net worth. That's when I'm in the overflow. When I have more than I need in the physical. That is an overflow, isn't it? That's not the overflow. The overflow is not what happens after God blesses you with the material possession. The overflow is a place where every believer is designed to live from. Understand what I'm sharing with you tonight. 
The overflow is not a season in a man's life because a season is transient. There are seasons and cycles in life. The overflow is not supposed to be a season in a man's life. The overflow is a constant disposition every believer can and should express. The overflow isn't an outside circumstance outside of your control it is not a circumstance a situation outside of your control that only God can decide when you enter into the overflow it is not a reality outside of your control the overflow is a dimension you can trigger by consciousness I'll see all I just said again the overflow is not what happens after God blesses you with material possessions. The overflow is a place where every believer is designed to live from. The overflow is not a season in a man's life. The overflow is a constant disposition every believer can express and should express. The overflow is not outside of your control. The overflow is a dimension you can trigger by consciousness. When you tell a barren woman to sing, what is the meaning of that? Because a song typically is an expression of love and wonder. Wrapped up in a melody that captures the truest essence of a man's emotion in a way that a thousand words cannot attempt. I'll say that again. A song is an expression of love and wonder that is wrapped up in a melody that captures the truest essence of a man's emotion and heart's disposition in a way that a thousand words could not attempt. A song typically does not come from the head or the lips. A song comes from the heart. This is why a song enters a man's heart. Because it came from the heart. There are very few barriers to music. The reason why is because that song came from a depth. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a spiritual thing. When I throw a song at you. You may not have the resistance to say no to it. If it came from my heart, it has to land in a heart. So when the Lord is asking a barren woman, the woman who does not have anything within the external to validate fruitfulness, to reach into a depth inside of her and to sing, there is something God wants the barren woman to acknowledge. Listen, if it is when you have the children, he's asking you to sing. There is no essence to that. Because the moment the children are gone, you will stop singing. If the Lord can get you to sing as a barren, he can get you to sing for life. So he waits till you are barren and tells you to sing. He waits till you have nothing on the external to validate your reason for singing. And he says, sing, because there is something to reach forth inside of you. There is something to acknowledge right inside of you. How would you tell a barren woman to sing? Why? Why are you messing with her head? And the Lord said, more are the children of the desolate than the one married that has children. That has physical children. But I can't see these children you are asking me to sing about. I can't see them. 
Why should I be singing about realities that I cannot see? That's exactly God. That's the exact point God wants to make. A lot of times we discount spiritual things simply because they are essentially spiritual. And we magnify the things we can see, taste, smell, and feel. We are not different from the carnal people. So when the Bible says he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you say, what does that mean? I can't feel it in my experience. So guess what? You discount that spiritual essence because you cannot feel it with your carnal body. The Lord wants you to grab hold of a spiritual reality because the truth is that a, a spiritual reality is stronger than a physical reality. Everything you see in the physical was a product of a spiritual essence, God. You can't see God. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Father who dwells in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So nobody can catch God and put him in a bottle and then experiment with him. But everything you see today that is dimensional came from that invisible realm. We understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That those things which were seen were not made out of the things that did appear. If God only transacts with you in the sin realm, he has just made you as mortal as another, another guy. You are just as normal as another mere mortal. Can you transact in a spiritual realm? Can you receive substances in the realm of the spirit and actually acknowledge that they are substances? Or do you wait for a physical manifestation of what you think that thing should represent before your emotions begin to catch up with that reality? He says, single barren. Single barren. It's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? There was a barren man in the Bible. And the Lord told him to sing. He couldn't sing. He said, what is the meaning of singing when I have no child? Abraham was that man. Genesis 12, we see how God called him out of his father's house. Be separate. Go to the land that I'll show you. Verse chapter 15, God began to tell him, he says, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. <laughs> he said, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, what is that to me? Seeing that I go childless. <laughs> the same the same lesson please I want you to listen with your heart tonight I want you to listen with your heart tonight because I believe the Lord is changing some things in the hearts of people he wants to teach you how to live from a place that situations and circumstances cannot tamper with so he tells Abraham I am your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward Abraham said, there is something I desire more than that promise. I need a child that I can see, that I can call my own. I need that child. That child weighs more to me than this promise of you being my reward. I would have preferred if you were my rewarder and you reward me with a child than be my reward. Being a rewarder is transactional. When he becomes your reward, that's a relationship. Because we come to a rewarder most of the time. We come to a God who rewards with things. But that's no way he wants to end in his relationship with you. 
He says, I'm not just a rewarder. They that come to me must believe that I exist and I'm a rewarder. Yes, that's a dimension. But you are the father of faith. I must take you to the inner courts. I must take you to the holiest of all when this, con when this subject of faith is concerned. I'm not just your rewarder. Because if I'm just your rewarder, I can reward you with things and still be alienated from you. He says, I'm not just your rewarder. I'm your shield. And I'm your exceeding great reward. Abraham could not wrap his head around it. What are you saying? I don't have a child. I'm 75. All my mates have great grandchildren. I don't have a child to call my own. You are saying you're my shield and you're my exceeding great reward. What is the meaning of that? You are telling me to sing, to produce something that comes from a depth in my heart. Quote and unquote, usually dependent on what I can see, taste and smell. If I get a car now, there's a way I'll get excited. You are telling me to sing as though I've seen what I have not seen. How do I manipulate my emotions to feel that way? Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> God is not insensitive to your needs. Huh? He's trying to elevate your perspective. He's trying to say, come and join me from where I see things. All right? If all you do is receive things from God and use that to judge his faithfulness, you are operating at a very low level of knowledge with God. You are a very easy scapegoat to the devil. Because he can easily manipulate your environment to make you feel deficient. He can easily manipulate your environment. So Abraham felt deficient because he lacked a child. God said, I'm bigger than a child. Everything you see was produced by the invisible realm. The entirety of the invisible realm is giving himself to you as a reward. And you jettison it for something substandard. How can you not see that I can give you anything? How can you not perceive that my re relating with me as a person is worth much more than anything I could possibly give to you? How can you not see it? Abraham did not see it. If Abraham had received a reward that was not God, he would have said, thank you, Lord, and preferred it to that promise. But it would have been shortchanged. Amen. This is one of the biggest problems with many believers. The, this thing is not... It's not easy to change in a person's mind, in a person's relationship with God. It's not easy to change. We all grew up with that tendency to call God faithful because you saw a faithful deed. To call God good because you received something good. God, that is a low-level type of transaction with him. If he wants to elevate you to a place of eternal relevance, he can't be dealing at that level with you anymore. You've got to believe him at the pace of his word. If he says, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward, that should get you singing. That should get you excited. But because you are still barren, you say what he has said is unfruitful. Amen. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying tonight. It's a paradigm shift. 
Hallelujah. But let's say you find a barren woman singing right now. What would you think of her? What would you think of her, Eniola? She's not serious with her life. Maybe she's crazy or something, right? What would you think? A barren woman, she's dancing, she's singing, she's rejoicing, she's mimicking the idea of carrying a baby. What would you think? A bolt is missing, right? When a barren woman is singing, and she's genuinely singing, she's not responding to a command that just sing. She's responding to a revelation. She's responding to something she has seen. <laughs> Amen. The barren woman has come to believe that more are the children of the desolate than the one that is married with children. This is the position God wanted to get Abraham to. Where he will pray for an already fruitful Abimelech. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. If God can get you to where he got Abraham, that's the highest level of relationship you can have with God. I promise you. All right? He said, I don't have a child. I don't have a child. What is the meaning of your my shield and your exceeding great reward? But what God was telling Abraham in Old Testament language is, I love you. Huh? That was all he was saying. <laughs> he said, I love you. Lord, I'm feeling very overwhelmed right now. Feeling very overwhelmed right now. And the Lord told me that there will be healings in this place tonight by the sheer revelation of God's love. Revelation of God's love. The healings will happen. The things will break out. If you didn't pray for them, they will happen because you received a weight of love. It will break chains. To deliver things. So, the Lord told Abraham, I love you. To love means to give yourself to someone. To give yourself to someone. That's what it means to love. Alright? When God, Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But what did he give? He gave his son. Many times we interpret it to mean that he gave a possession. He gave a thing. He gave someone in his domain. He gave someone apart from himself. Jesus Christ is the brightness of his glory. The express image of his person. He upholds all things by the word of Christ's power. Detach Christ from God. God no longer exists. He is all that God has. He is all that God is. He is all that God represents. And just because he loved, he gave that up. That is what God was telling Abraham. I am your shield. I have given myself to you. Abraham could not receive 
God's I love you. This is a major problem. People hear it every day. God loves you. They've never understood it for a moment. This is the problem. You are telling people God loves you. A lot of believers are coming to church, receiving, hearing all the time, God loves me. They don't understand it. Because when Paul was going to pray about people receiving love, he said, wait first. You cannot just understand what God is saying when he says, I love you. You've got to receive a revelational infrastructure to be able to accommodate what that statement really means. It takes process. It takes revelation. It takes prayer, supplication to come to an awareness of what it means for God to love you. It's not like a guy loving another girl. This is not a girl-boy kind of talk. This is the God of the universe. He spat the whole heavens and on earth. He spat it into being. He hangs the entire universe in a balance. He weighs the entire sand in the seashore. He tells what the distance of the waves, how far it can go. He created the behemoth and the leviathan. The Bible talks about the behemoth. That if you try and throw a an arrow at the behemoth's eye. He will laugh at it. Eye. It, his eyes are stronger than iron. He created those things. He created those things. He spread the firmament like a cloth. He said, I love you. And you say, I need an iPhone. And you tell him to his face, what is the meaning of that? When I don't have a sub, 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 sub to an infinity element of your essence. How can you say you love me when I cannot receive a child? God said, I'm your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. You condition that statement on flimsy realities. You condition that statement that came from an eternal realm. He says, I have loved you. Not today. Not with today, I don't love you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting. I have engraved your, hand, your names in the palms of my hand. Every, every strand of hair on your head, it's not just counted, it's numbered. So when you comb your hair every day and number 717th falls to the ground, he knows the number of the strand. Not just the amount, the number of each one. You don't even know it, but he does. He says, I have given myself to you. I'm not interested in rewarding you with something. I want to be your reward. I am your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, that doesn't mean anything as long as I'm childless. I'm barren. How could I possibly sing? I have no job. How could I possibly say you love me? This is my fifth year in marriage. There is no baby. And you say you love me. What is the meaning of love? If I can't see it. That's the blindness. That's the blindness. 
He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for you, how shall he not with him also freely give you all things? But if he is giving you all things in pieces and in, you know, installments, it won't add up to Christ. But if he gives you Christ, everything is included in him. So it will get you to a point where you can receive the Christ in the real way it ought to be received. So it will get you barren, destitute of anything in the environment. And tell you that I love you. And if it is sufficient for you in that moment, it is sufficient for you all time. But if you let it depend on the giving of gifts over time, the devil will manipulate it. The devil will take advantage of it. And the day you stop seeing the consistent flow of such blessings, you will look at God in the face and question him about his love. So he says, I am your shield. Before you have a child, let's deal with this. If I don't deal with this, you will have a child and you will forsake me. You will come and seek me for the health of the child. You will come and seek me for the sustenance of the child. You will come and seek me for provision for the child. I will become secondary. I will become a maintenance officer. Maintaining the gift that I have given to you when I'm the real gift. I am the reward. Don't make me a substitute. Don't make me an alternative. Don't make me something on the side. Don't make me a side chick. I am the entire package. Everything is in me. Everything. I am before all things. And by me, all things consist. Have me, you have all things. Can you receive me? And you say, mm, I need a child. Give me a child. I will believe what you are saying. Remove the child. You are no longer a lover. The child is my regulator of our relationship. The child is what dictates and determines the level of our cordiality in this relationship. And because I can't see you, there's no economic coefficient to what you're saying. The invisible things of the Godhead are clearly seen been understood by the things that were created, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that every man or no man would have an excuse. So God told Abraham, <laughs> I love you. And Abraham couldn't receive it. There are many people who have been coming to church for years and they don't still understand what it means for God to love them. That is one of the biggest challenges we have in the body of Christ. So people are going to conferences and meetings where there is a promise of Isaac. Or where there is a meeting that teaches them how to receive the love of God. They cannot see the essence of it. How will that put food on my table? The earth is the Lord's. What is food on your table? What is a car in your garage? What is a wife? What is a husband? What is a child? The earth is the Lord's. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And you compare me. You have the liver to compare me with something that I can sneeze out of my nose. But God was still patient with Abraham. He says, I will take you through a journey. You don't understand that I'm telling you I love you. This is the challenge. People do not understand what it means to receive the love of God. It's the most powerful revelation in the entire scripture. It is everything God has been trying to say from Genesis to Revelation. 
I love you. That's all he's been trying to say. But people have been so blinded by their realities. After these things, do the Gentiles seek? But you shouldn't seek after these things. There is something bigger, better for you. But you keep looking for those things that the Gentiles seek. No matter how rich they are, they are poorer than the one that has God. Don't you see? I'm giving you the bane, the crux of life. I'm giving you me. And you discount me in Banjo Market. I say, Meta five naira. Amen. Are you getting blessed? So if the barren eventually sings, he has broken into a revelation. If God can get the barren to sing, <laughs> that's the end. He will be saying, children, stop coming. They won't stop. They won't be able to stop. Because he has broken into the frequency of revelation. He has broken into a dimension where he's not looking for things to validate God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you wait for the realities around you to change into a more desirable state, you just may never sing. You, you, you just may never sing. Because there is always a more desirable state. There is always a more desirable state. If you wait for all the conditions around you to align with your expectations, you just may never get to sing. So God doesn't want to be on that rat race with you. I give you a car. Yeah, sing now. No, uh, I never get picking. I, 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 I take picking. Sing now. No, I, I, I never marry. He will just continue to <laughs> run along. Oh, yeah, sing now. I've given you all the sing. So, no, there's still avad. Ah. When will the rat race end? So, he says, let's even talk about this first. Before I give you anything, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. I love you. I have given myself over to you. Remember what our definition of love was? Giving your life over to somebody voluntarily and exclusively. L-O-V-E. That's love. <laughs> So when God says, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward, what he was telling Abraham in Old Testament language was, I love you, simple as ABC. You see how love is the basis for faith. <laughs> Amen. The overflow within is what produces the overflow without. Huh? And the overflow within is the frequency of receiving the love of God. <sighs> Amen. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. When God says, I love you, he's telling you all my resources are now at your disposal. Hmm. <sighs> Do you know what it means for you to be loved by God? 
This thing is very overrated. Well, let me, I don't know whether he's underrated or overrated now. It's an underrated revelation. People just assume they know it. I know what it means for God to love me. What does it mean? Do you know what it means? Whoever has come to understand that God loves him or her has entered into the overflow. That's the overflow. That's the overflow. I'm trying not to rush through my thoughts so you can settle in this revelation. Ayomide, God loves you. It does not matter what you go through. God loves you. He has you in front of him. He watches you every step, every move. He loves you. He is giving himself over to you. Will you receive him or negotiate with other lesser items? God loves you. Those that understand it break down in tears. Overwhelmed by the magnitude of that revelation. They don't just say, yeah, I know. You can't just know. You will never finish knowing that God said he loved you. You can't fully understand it. You can't finish knowing that God loves you. So those who know that God loves them, giving himself over to them with a covenant, which was how he used, or that was how he interacted with those in the Old Testament. So how he tells people he loved them was by getting into covenant with them. All right? That's how he told them he loved them. Okay? So he will get into a covenant with them. He will tell them that both of us are now partners. You are obviously too little for us to be partners. But because I love you, I'm now your partner. So whoever fights against you is fighting me. No one can fight me. So I'm not making this transaction or this covenant because of me. I have nothing that I need from you. The only reason why I'm cutting covenant with you is because of you. Uh, so we are now partners. If Abimelech tries to steal your wife, even though you lied, you were wrong, but he's the one that will die. <laughs> because I love you. All the arsenal in my disposal are at your disposal as well. Everything I can sign, you can sign. It is A or B. That's the mandate on the check. I love you. I've given myself over to you. So how we communicated that was through covenants in the Old Testament. And anyone that understood the covenant, they operated at a realm called overflow. They operated at that realm. These people were indomitable. They dig a well. You cover the well. They move on. The water leaves with them. You continue to block everywhere they dig. The water is not in the soil. The water is inside them. They know what it means for God to love them. They know. For God to be on their side. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? They knew that they don't have to have all things as long as they have that covenant. Covenant all things. So they may be slaves in a foreign land, but even when they are naked and they are being assessed, whether they are strong enough to become slaves in a particular house, God looks at them and says, he's prosperous. Their bosses know and recognize through historical data and projections that since you joined me, my business has increased. You are the blessing factor. You don't have money, but there is something about you. You know something. You know God is on your side. You know it. God loving you is generic. You knowing is everything. God does not love you more than he loves another person. The differences in expressions and manifestations is the knowledge of it. He doesn't love Shia more than he loves me. He, don't, he didn't love John more than he loved Peter. But somebody stayed with that revelation. He couldn't be burnt in a hot quadrant of oil. He couldn't be burnt. The love secured him. So it's not about God loving you more than he already does. He does love you now. To the highest extent it could possibly love you. You are the one that needs to grow in the revelation of that love that has already been shed abroad. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But do you know what it means? Hallelujah. So those who knew that God loved them couldn't be stopped by anything material. The deficiency or the abundance of material never changed their attitude. Because they had the real thing. If you judge God's faithfulness by the abundance of materials, the deficiency of those materials will change your consistency. Do you understand? So you need to understand that God loves you. With or without circumstances, he loves you. When you enter into that realm and begin to live from that realm, you are already in the overflow. Overflow is not on the outside. Overflow is not what you experience with your carnal senses. Overflow is in your heart. A man was thirsty after eating food in John 7. Why would Jesus wait till the final day of the feast? First day they ate. Second day they ate. Third day they ate. He did not see anything when they were hungry in the flesh. He waited for them to eat to stupor in the flesh. And he cried out a loud voice on the final day of the feast. If any man is still thirsty, let him come and meet me. We have been eating and drinking. He was looking for somebody that was thirsty for the right type of water. I'm not, I'm not asking for somebody testing for sugar. No. I'm not asking for someone that is looking for no for rice. No. I'm asking for someone that is thirsty for the right type of meal. If any man is still thirsty, let him come to me. But you would assume that he would say, take the water that I will give you. He says, no, it's inside your belly. But you were thirsty. But you were thirsty. How could you be thirsty with a well inside? He says, if any man thirsts, let him come. As the scriptures have said, out of his own belly. Ah, uh -uh. you were thirsty. Can't you drink? If you knew you had it, you did not know. 
The belly was filled with water. God loves you, but you did not know. So you were going to die of thirst. You were still thirsty. This is why Jesus said in John 4, this water will be in you a well, but it must not remain a well. It must spring forth into everlasting life. So he looked at the man that was thirsty and said, if you thirst, come to me. Out of your bellies shall flow rivers. Inside me, rivers. Rivers. I was only looking for a cup to quench my thirst. There's rivers inside. Rivers of living water. Out of his bellies shall flow rivers. But he was thirsty. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's the overflow. When you reach into that within your soul that circumstances cannot touch. And you begin to live from that realm. That is what it means to live in the overflow. You cannot intimidate anyone in the overflow. You cannot, you cannot bully anyone in the overflow. There is nothing you can manipulate in the environment that will make them think God loves them less or more. They know they are loved by God. They know they are in covenant with God. I will heat up this fire seven more times. It does not matter. Kill all your men. We still will not bow. We don't change because of the outside. We transform the outside from the inside. That is how we run. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. I couldn't look at the little girl some days ago. But I would defy you to your face. You surrendering counsel. I cannot stop to preach of the things I have heard and seen. What kind of a boldness is this? They are living from a place. That is what it means to be a world overcomer. That is what it means to be a conqueror. God loves you is generic. God loves everybody. But how many people are living from that dimension? Do you know that he loves you? This is what the patriarchs of old knew. So, everybody is entering a land flowing with milk and honey. The king's meat, is, it became the most attractive thing. They looked at it and they disdained the king's meat. That is inferior diet. Ah, this is where everybody's running to bandwagon. They can't wait to grab a hold of the king's meat. And you look at the king's meat, you say, This is deficient. This does not have what I need. Give me 10 days. And he came out better, 10 times better than all the astrologers, not his colleagues. The people teaching himself and his colleagues, astrologers and magicians in the realm, he was 10 times better. From a realm of the overflow. I hope you are getting what I'm saying tonight. I really hope you are. If you understand what I'm saying, you can go anywhere in the world. You can't backslide. Backsliding is a function of the manipulation of environments. Manipulation. You backslide. You just backslide. Remember back then in universities? <laughs> People will go home. Charlie in Ife, six months strike. Their spirit mouth for don't fat. He cannot carry himself again. You will need retreat. Like five, 
five days retreat. Spirit man go the worker like this. Fat. Fat cannot do anything. You wind the spirit man, wind it for like two months. Yes, we're back on campus. And then after three months of campus and there's another strike, that's the end. By the time they come back on campus, you have to wind it again. Because their spirituality was very environmental. Huh? Was very environmental. This is why some people leave campus and just finish. They just finish. They can't continue again. The environment does not support their love for God. So they stop loving God. Huh? Do you know what it means for God to love you? <laughs> ah, the environment does not support their love for God. So let's just slump into the realities of our world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Those who stay consistent know that God loves them. And when you know, listen, this is the proof of knowledge. You love him back. If you have not started loving him back, you have not known he loves you. That's the proof. <laughs> so, intellectually, you can say, I, I, God loves me, I know. We must see the love. It's not something you say. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Do you know that martyrdom was a privilege? It is after the fact, we are looking at martyrs and saying, ah, Umasheo. They didn't pity themselves. They rejoiced in martyrdom. That they could even be counted worthy to die in a gruesome way, close enough to how Jesus died. That they could experience suffering the way Jesus experienced it. It is after the fact we are using comfort metrics. We are using the metrics of comfortable life, a chilled life, to measure how sad it must have been for them to have died that way. James was dragged to death by a horse. Peter was crucified like a multiplication sign because he couldn't afford to be crucified the way Jesus was crucified. Some were crucified upside down. Some were sawn asunder into like several bits. Sorry, but no sorry. That's what sponsored the gospel to you. Huh? How and why, how could they have done that? They loved God. They loved God because he loved them. But they responded, I love you too, sir. When you see that your response is not contribution, it's revelational. It's not you trying to love God. Mm -mm. When the revelation that He loves you dawns on you, you will just love Him. And that love will respond in consistency. It will respond in consistency. Nothing can shake you. The devil can negotiate you away from the faith lane. Turn stones to bread, it won't matter. Bow down, I will give you what? What do you want to give me? I have God. Fall down, the angels. Why should I tempt God? I have a relationship with him. Nothing can make you sway because you know he loves you. That was the secret of Jesus. He knew the father loved him. And he loved the father back. That was the entirety of his entire ministry and prayer life. At least we knew that he didn't speak in tongues like it was not recorded. So what was he saying all night? He was just loving upon Jesus, or rather loving upon his father. 
He was just loving upon God. Just loving upon God. Just loving upon the Father. Just loving upon Him. Amen. Those who have received the love of God respond by loving God. Huh? But there is no love God thermometer that tells us how you love God. So, what does the Bible teach about people who have come to love God? <laughs> Amen. God's word is so sweet. First John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Oof. <laughs> oh, glory to God. First John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. It says he that fears is not perfected in love. Huh? Look at what I'm saying. All right? There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. He that fears is not perfected in love. That means he that fears, God loves him. God loves everyone. But he that fears is not perfected in love. He's not rooted, he's not grounded in love. He does not understand what it means for God to love him. So he does not respond in kind. He does not love God. And because he does not love God, he lives in fear. Remember on Sunday I talked about the three things that dominate the kingdom of darkness. Fear, greed, and ignorance. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Love is the source of all those two. Power and sound mind is produced by love. He that fears is not perfected in love. Does not know God. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. So, your knowledge is measured by love. Your knowledge of God is measured by love. This is why the entire Christian race is about understanding that God loves you. When you understand it, you know God. You are knowing God. This is more like a Bible study. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. He that fears... He's not made perfect in love. Do you know that there are people traveling out of this country out of fear? There are people every day, they're looking for another job out of fear. There are people who believe they must take care of themselves out of fear. After these things do the Gentiles seek. One of the things Jesus came to do in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, Bible says... That he, because he had to redeem mankind, he partook of flesh and blood. So that through death, he could destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And then afterwards, verse 15, Bible says, so that he can deliver them who all their lifetime were subject to bondage. Through the fear of death. That is, 
there is something more dangerous than death. It's called the fear of death. Everybody will, the reality of everyone of everyone's life is that you will die. At some point, you will die. But those who fear death never live. Those who fear death, they will never fulfill the purpose of God for their lives. They will never do the will of God. They will never do what God has told them to do. Because they are too fearful. What will I eat? How shall I be closed? Where will I go? They may have money, but they are dead. Bible says we know we have passed from death to life through love. You may need to listen to this again. But let's go. Let's go there. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. Huh? And he that fears is not made perfect in love. The entire work of the fivefold ministry is to perfect you in love. We love him because he first loved us. We don't just decide to love him. We meditate on him loving us. We just start loving him. We don't, I don't just say, oh, I, I, want to, I now want to love God. It's not a mental decision. It's not a... <laughs> when you meditate on that he loves you, you will love him. And this is how we know you love him. Wait, wait. If a man says, I love God... And hates his brother, he's a liar. For he hath not but he for he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loves God loves his brother also. Hmm. So when you are anchored in the overflow. It's because you have received the love of God in your heart. When that love overflows in your heart, revelationally, you can truly now love somebody else with the love of God. Because you cannot receive the love and not look for somebody to lavish it on. You can't. You can't receive that God loves you and keep quiet about it. You will look for, because you are overflowing. You're already overflowing. Have you received that God loves you? Because the love of God is so supernatural. It's so amazing. It's so overwhelming. You can't contain it. You will look for somebody to bless with it. And this is why you can love someone without expecting anything in return. Because if I'm overflowing with some substances and I go meeting and I'm looking for other cups to fill, am I filling it with an expectation of something for you to give me back? I'm already overflowing. Where do you want to pour it in? Where, where do you want to? Why will I collect it? I'm giving you from my overflow. This is the proof that you have received the love of God. You look for people to bless. Even when you are broke. Even when the natural environment is saying you don't have anything to give. Anyone living in the overflow has everything to still offer. Because you are living from a realm that defies material realities. <sighs> Do you know that 59 cities recorded in the New Testament Paul visited... 59. That man lived from a realm. 
He visited 59 cities as recorded in the New Testament. In those cities, he was lodging. In those cities, he was eating. In those cities, he was sponsoring his companions. In those cities, he was organizing meetings. And he did not have any church sponsoring him. Apart from the one time that the Philippian church sent him relief. How was he surviving from an overflow? People who live in the overflow may not have the fattest bank account, but they can never be stranded. They live from a realm. That realm commands resources whenever they need it. He was caught in between and among several soldiers. They were going on a voyage as he appealed to Caesar. And then there was a shipwreck. And the angel of the Lord stood by him at night and told him that you are the most important person inside this entire voyage. The victim became the savior. He lived from a realm. He said, guys, don't worry. No life will be lost. I may be the captor here or I may be the captive here. But because of me, all your lives will be preserved. He lived from a place. He was broken out of a jail system. He didn't run out. He stayed. He said there are souls here that need to be saved. And he preached to them, got them saved. He lived from a realm. He lived from a realm. Peter knew he was going to die the next day if nothing happened. He slept. There is a realm to live from. No matter how rich you are, you can't fake peace. You can't. No matter how rich, you can't fake some things. You can't fake faith. You can't fake peace. You can't fake the grace of God. You can't fake fulfillment. You can't fake those things. This guy knew that James had just died. And Herod had taken him to please the Jews. Because the Jews were excited that he killed James. And he knew the next day could be his execution. And he slept. He slept. He slept because he was living from a place. It's called the overflow. And that overflow is a place where the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But that's not the end. You receive that love. You are rooted and grounded in that love. It produces fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance, faith. It produces those things because you have received that revelation into your heart. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. So, when we say leave from the overflow, we're not saying let your bank account be busting from seam to seam. It's just a little tweak in the economic realities. And your two millionaire can become two five. It's just a little tweak. Oh. In a hurry. Two five. All your possessions, 25K. Just let dollar rise to a certain degree. You will see how your, all your Naira will just be deleting and be discounting at the rate of... <laughs> I know, sit down. But that's the truth. If your hope is in something that is ephemeral, you can be easily manipulated. You've got to anchor your life on something that is eternal. And the love of God is eternal. Live from that realm. So if I tell you today that everybody here, 10, 10 cars, you know people will shout them, not you guys because you are well taught. But there are places that if you go there, you just say something that is that outlandish. People will scream amen, get excited, come and give me money. They will throw money on this stage now. They will, throw, they will scatter everywhere with money. People will be gathering the money for me and all that because I've made a prophetic word that they will get and the nearest crisis, they can't deal with it. They don't know God. 
But anything God can offer, they are willing to collect. They don't know God. They are looking for Isaacs up and down. And God is saying, I'm your shield. They don't understand. They don't even understand it. They are not living in the overflow. No matter how much money such people have, they will still be bankrupt at some point. So a man gathered all the wealth he could gather after several years of farming and hard work on his field. Gathered into several bands and he said, now I will chill and relax and enjoy the fruit of my labor. And the, and the Lord said, today, your life will be retrieved from you. Because you are making the overflow all about material possessions. That's not what the overflow is about. The overflow is a dispensation to live from. It's a place of consistency. It's a place of love and affection for the Father. It's a place of service unto his saints. It's a place of love. Because you know that no matter how broke you are, there is an overflow inside. You can still give something from it. So Paul could not be stopped. You couldn't stop such people. You can't stop anyone who is in the overflow. There's nothing you can do. You kill Stephen, more disciples are birthed because of his martyrdom. There's nothing you can do about it. You stop them, you increase them. You, whatever you do, they win. You can't stop someone who is because he, he is not affected. Nero killed several Christians. And while he was killing them in the Colosseum, they will be singing for joy. He couldn't understand. He would block his ears and are you guys singing? Are you all crazy? And for every Christian he burnt on the stake, seven more gave their life to Christ. For everyone he burnt, seven more said, what these guys have that makes them laugh and, and, and rejoice in trials and affliction, in burnings on stakes, we want it. It's beyond the natural realm. We would like this thing. And many were getting born again because of the faith of the saints. Do you love God? Or are you just playing church? When you love God, we will never have to compel you to do anything for God again. Never. You will be looking for work. It's like you don't understand what God did for you. That is why it's a revelation you need an infrastructure to receive. Not everybody understands it. You can say, oh yeah, I love God. You don't know it. It's a revelation that needs an infrastructure. Paul had to pray for it. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 from verse 14. Paul speaking, he says, for this cause, for this cause, this one is not something I wish I have to bow my knees. People need to understand this thing. That was what he was getting on the island or in Arabia for 14 years, for three years. That was what the Holy Spirit was explaining to him. That is why when he left the place, he was like a madman on riot. He could do anything. Agabus warned him, he said, whoever owns this girdle will die in Jerusalem. What are you talking about? I'm ready to die. He loved God. And that love for God was expressed in his love for the saints. Every time he was talking about and recounting his trials, he would say, apart from all these things I go through, also the burdens of all the churches. He bowed on his back, praying and interceding for the church. In the, in the Philippian jail, he was counseling and asking people who were outside the jail to rejoice, to count it all joy, to rejoice. How? You are in jail. You are, you are not even eating well. You are not sleeping well. There are mosquitoes everywhere. You are chained in stocks. How could you possibly rejoice? God loves me. I'm living from that realm. I can't be stopped. Inside jail, I will write my longest letters. 
I will send it to the, to the churches. And 2,000 years down the line, a church will be teaching on it. Such vision. Such dimension. Such depth. This is, this is what makes believers thick. This is what makes you undefeatable, indomitable, invincible. The devil can't do anything about you. He tries to kill you. You win. He doesn't try it. You keep winning. There is nothing he can do because you have received this revelation. God loves me. When Abraham understood it, he was willing to give Isaac. Mm, let's kill this child. Mm. Because this guy is bigger. This is when it has become even more impossible for him to give birth. He was willing to do, like he had raised, he had believed for him for 25 years, raised him for 17 years, 42 years after the first time, 75 years. God now told him to release his son as a sacrifice. And he was more willing now than 42 years ago. How? 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 <laughs> How now? Ephesians 3.14. For this cause, Paul speaking, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he may grant unto you, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might by God's spirit in your inner man. Let the Holy Ghost enter inside of your own inner man and begin to expand the dimensions and the framework of your inner man. Because something is about to drop on it. So he says that he may strengthen you according to his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And he says that you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend. All of that needs to happen before comprehension can happen. So you can't just say, I know God loves me. Those things have to happen. The Holy Ghost comes, it stretches the dimensions of your inner man. Christ grows in your heart by faith. You are rooted and grounded in love. You lengthen your cords. You strengthen your stakes. You take root downwards. So that it can be a fruit of you take root downwards. Huh? And then you can now comprehend. Ah, just to comprehend, all of this has to happen. Yes, sir. It's a revelation you will never stop attempting to comprehend. That you may come to comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. That you may know the love of God. It is a knowledge that passes knowledge. Normal men cannot know that God loves them. It's impossible. Because normal men look for metrics in the external to validate that love. He says, it's a love that passes knowledge. No matter how intellectual a person is, look at all the atheist company are full of intellectuals, but they're the most bereft of the true knowledge. A fool will say in his heart that there's no God. They are smart, intelligent, intellectual, philosophers. If they are speaking, they can be compelling, but the Bible estimates them as fools because they don't know what is most important. God loves you. It takes a revelational infrastructure he just doesn't, God loves you and you expect the person to understand. You have got to pray for the person before they can attempt to understand what that means. That God loves them. He says, when you come to comprehend the love of God, what does he now say? He says, you will become, you will be filled with the fullness. Ha. 
That means understanding the love of God is the access point to receiving the fullness of God. The fullness of God. How can somebody receive the fullness of God and become a victim in life? The fullness of God. The fullness. And then the Bible now says, after you have received the fullness, then we can talk about the overflow. The external version. He says, now unto him that is able to do. This is the first time we're talking about doing. First, you receive that revelation. It overflows in your heart. You believe it with all your might. He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly and far above all you could ask or think. But that dimension is according to the power of the revelation of love that is at work within you. According to the power that is at work within you. That power is love provoked. That power is love provoked. So love is the pathway to power. It's the pathway to sound mind. Philippians 3.9 That your love may abound yet more and more unto knowledge and judgment. It's still love that produces knowledge, that produces sound mind. He that loveth not does not know God. For God is love. So you see a lot of ignorant people who are parading themselves as professors of science and all of that. And they say, ah, based on this law, Darwinism, natural selection, all those things. They will conjure all those things to amount at nothing. Remember what we said on Sunday? The wisdom of this world that comes to naught. But do you know God? Do you know that God loves you? Have you received that love? Have you started loving other people? Have you started loving God? Which is evidenced by how you love other people. So anyone who lives from the overflow is always giving. He's always at the giving end of life. Like giving resources, giving time, giving counsel, giving words, giving. They're always giving. Because they have received the biggest gift in the world. They're already overflowing. They're not looking for where to receive again. They're looking for where to give. He anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. That's the overflow, guys. Living from that realm is the overflow. And that's why the instruction the Lord has given unto us this season is that we should carry our substances and we should give people. Because we are not needy. You have the overflow. You're not needy. What you think you need is not a need. You have God. You can't have God and have a need. You have God. He's the reward. Not just the rewarder. He's not just trying to transact with you. He's trying to have a relationship with you. When you know that and you're living from that realm, there is nothing he says you should give, you can't give, including Isaac. So you look for people that need and you begin to bless them. You begin to give them because you're operating from a realm called the overflow. So we've read Ephesians 3. Let's now go to Isaiah 58 as we wrap up tonight. Because that's the basis of the instruction. I'm just going to read the entire thing. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou, hast, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our souls and thou takest not knowledge. 
Behold, in the day of your fast, ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate and to smite with the feast of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on the high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head in a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast which I have chosen to lose the bands of wickedness? This is how to fast. To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye may break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread unto the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house, or to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him with clothes, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be your rare reward. Your, your rare reward. Your rare reward. Then sh shall thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall hear. Here am I. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. And if thou draw thy soul to the hungry again and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall thy light rise from obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the whole waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. This is how to fast. You leave that realm where you are complaining and thinking you don't have. You get inside the overflow. Say, Lord, you have blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I have things to give. My world is dying. My world, people are perishing. I am not a victim here. I take responsibility for the supplies in my environment. So I will reach forth to that which is within me and I take substances and begin to lend my soul to the hungry and satisfy the thirsty soul and begin to ensure that the afflicted soul do not stay afflicted and I will break their bonds from them and I will break forth all of the chains that the wicked have bound people in. The solution to Nigerians' problems are not expatriates. And Nigerians, if we will stay in Nigeria and understand that the solution is in every single one of us, you can go somewhere. If you go there as a victim, you will soon make that place brown. You went looking for green pastures, but you have made it brown because you did not have green inside of you. So you will contaminate every grain you meet with brown. We are asking God, God, where are the miracles? Can you arise and let the people be scattered? You are the solution. Gideon is saying, where are the miracles we heard about? God is saying, you are the miracle I'm waiting for. When are we going to start acknowledging every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus? Put a man who is living in the overflow, put him in a desert. Five years later, go and visit him. He has built a cathedral there. He can never be stranded. He lives from a place. He does not use the external realities to validate what he has. He uses what he has to impact on his environment. You can be broke, but if you live from the overflow, you can't be broke. Do you understand? Because you are not judging your financial status by what you have in your bank account. 
if you are always consistently looking at everything based on parameters that eyes can see, you can't obey God. Oh. God will say to resign. You won't be able to resign. Oh. God will say relocate. You can't relocate. Oh. You can't do what God has told you to do because you're looking at parameters that will stifle that obedience. But when you live from a place called the overflow, all that matters is that God loves you. So anything he says you do, you will do it. You will just do it. You will find pleasure in giving him pleasure. Praise the name of the Lord. These are not very common teachings. These are not things you hear. You want a blessing. But you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. What more can I bless you with? What more can I bless you with? Just that you have not prioritized spiritual things because you can't see them. But he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How come you are still sowing seed to receive a blessing, a carnal physical blessing? Everything you can see was made out of things that did not appear. Why still try and be grappling at the low level of existence? When you can receive a revelation in your heart. And God will give you an instruction and you will apply it and boom, overflow in your heart, in your life, in your experience, in your realities. And you are blessing other lives. And that's why if you are here today, you have not given to that cause. We have stopped receiving materials. We've been giving materials for the past several weeks. But we have stopped receiving materials. Give funds if you can. Ensure you are part of this movement. Because what we are doing is that we are lending our heart to the thirsty soul. God wants to dilute the wickedness in the world with your kindness. So stretch forth your hand and be a reliable hand and feet that it can flow through. But you can't flow that way if you are so concerned about your own needs. If you're all about me too, I need, I need a visa, I need, a, I need, I need, you can't pay attention to anybody around. Joseph lived from the overflow. That's why he could save people who needed in the prison. If he did not live from the overflow, he would be too concerned about the fact that he got into the prison unjustly. He wouldn't have been able to serve the bottle and the baker. If you are too concerned about your needs, you will never be a blessing. But that's exactly what God is trying to make you into. A blessing like Abraham. Can you carry 318 men and go and fight for a man that is not even worth it? How? Is this love we are talking about? Abraham was cooled in love. He got to a point where he had received that love. He could give, he could give away Isaac. But in between 15 and 22, love was there. God made him a lover. 318 men, he trained them every day. They were exercising every day. Why were you? They don't know. They were just building capacity. One day, Lot was captured and they gathered themselves around. And they went to fight five kings, delivered all of them. And refused to take a reward. Because God was a shield. An exceeding great reward. He didn't need any external reward. Beyond the reward that God had already furnished him with. And he said, I will not take anything as much as a latchet of sandals. I won't take nothing. Lest you come towards the future and say, you made Abraham rich. But no. The moment he did that, Melchizedek showed up. He said, ah, ah. You believe that God is your shield now. And you're exceeding great reward. Wow. Blessed Abraham, the most high. Possessor of the heavens and the earth. Give him bread and wine. Possessor. People say it was God was talking about. People say it was Abraham. I don't know. But he was talking to Abraham and he called him possessor of the heavens and the earth. Whether it was God or Abraham, both of them were in the same boat. Don't you understand? God and Abraham were now partners. So whether it was Abraham that was possessor or God that was possessor, both of them were now possessors of heaven. That was how powerful Abraham became. Simply because he did not allow realities on the external. Bend his knee to compromise. Gehazi, he was going to have four times the anointing of Elijah. 
just for clothes and some provisions, he lost it all. This is what we need in the offices, in political arenas. People you can't bribe. People you just can't bribe. They live from the overflow. Nothing on the external can make them bend the knee to compromise. Nothing. You can't say, I'll give you two billion naira. It can't finish. Can't it finish? The love of God cannot finish. No matter how much the money is, it can finish. Just one crisis is enough. One sickness and everything is gone. Live from a place that money cannot become an appeal again. Say, ah, this thing that I have, this money, this, no. This visa, I must, know. Are you little? God loves you. Receive that love. You are fine. Abraham knew it. If God does not bless me with another cattle, I'm fine. Lot was striving. He said, no, this covenant is not compatible with strife. Choose whichever one you prefer. The guy chose the better one. He said, it's okay. The place he chose became Sodom. The place Abraham chose became Canaan. It's about what you carry. <sighs> Do you know that that well is inside of you? You can enter a business and because of your involvement, because you're in that payroll, that business can never go down again. It's a covenant. You may not be the highest paid, but you are the one paying their salaries. Do you understand? That was what Jacob was, or rather Jacob was to Laban. The guy was not being well paid, but everything Laban had and all his children and all his enterprises, it was because of Jacob. Can you be that person who is a moving motion of God's resources? A moving compendium of God's goodness and love to humanity. That people will ask you, even when you don't have, and you say, I will get back to you. Because you never believe that your account is all that holds your possession. Your possessions are scattered all across the earth. Because the earth is the Lord's. And you are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. So you are a joint possessor of the heavens and of the earth. Because God loves you. And if God loves you, all his resources are at your disposal. And you can never be stranded in life. You need to believe these things. You need to believe these things. That was how Paul sponsored all his trips. He didn't wait for money. He just went. He didn't wait for money. He didn't gather resources. Every time he gathered money, it was for people that, were, that, were, that needed. And he never touched it because he will gather the money, he will put a man in charge. Go and read it in scripture. He will gather money, he will put another person in. He never held church money. He was funded by the Holy Ghost from the place of the overflow. Some people with all the money, they are too weak and stranded. They can't move to do the will of God. Everywhere, they beat him to stupor. He rose up and continued preaching. You can't kill a man that is living from the overflow. And that overflow is God loves me. That is it. God loves me. And I've responded in love to him. Evidenced by my love to the saints. Do you understand? My love to the saints. You are the solution Nigeria needs. I'm not afraid of darkness. I'm not afraid. So this complaint about darkness, about darkness... Are you also darkness? That's when you should be afraid. If you are light, you shouldn't be afraid of darkness. Inside of you is the solution. In my lifetime, Nigeria will be great. I know. Because I'm here. Some of you may lose hope. It's okay. You are looking externally. That's why you're losing hope. And it's okay. If you look inside, light will almost blind your eyes. There's too much light inside of you. Too much. Overflow is here. So if you are thirsty and you're carrying a well, turn it into a river. Stir it up. Stir up the gift. Love God back. Love the saints. Start doing stuff. Stop giving yourself excuses not to reach out to people. 
Stop giving yourself excuses. I don't have all the money in the world. You don't need to have all the money in the world. You can mentor somebody. Spend one hour every day, every week. Mentor somebody. Carry a young girl. Go and volunteer. Be giving however you can. That is how those who live in the overflow, that's how they operate. So this is not a garden of where people are looking for extra money, extra cars. Can you start maximizing and activating the overflow in your inside already? Stop looking for material things to validate what God has already blessed you with. Life cannot be all about possessions. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So if all our Christian experience is all about what we got with our faith, we are all men most miserable. Say, oh, I got this with my faith. I got with... What now happened? Uh-huh. Maybe if we checked Paul's phone, the phone he used, we wouldn't have been too proud. But that man made people rich. Remember how he was saying it? That our death is working your own life. Why was he talking like this? He was living from a place. While we looked at the things that are seen, but are the things that are not seen. But the things which are seen are temporal. That you can see that makes them transient. But the things that you cannot see are eternal. So if I live from that place that is eternal, I can't be put down. I can't be defeated. I can't fail. I can't be poor. I can't be sick. I can't be killed. Jesus told them, yes, you are the ones in charge. You are the ones taking charge of the script right now. But I wrote the script. It's your time to act, but I'm the one in charge. Pilate wanted to gloat. He says, no, I'm still the one in charge. Even in crucifixion, he was still the Lord of hosts. He said, I have the right to call more than 12 legions. Go read it in the Old Testament. One angel can deal with 184,000 men overnight. One angel. Overnight, one angel. Yeah. Yes, in Assyria, yes. 184,000 men per day. One angel. A legion consists of 6,000 angels. 6,000 times 12, 72,000. 72,000 multiplied by 184,000. Calculate it. 72,000 angels multiplied by 184,000 per capacity, per, per angel. That's the capacity of 12 legions. How many is that? How much is that? 184,000 by 72,000. Huh? 18? 13 13 billion. And Jesus did not say, I have only 12. He says, I can call more than 12. That is his security detail. I have more than 12 legions of angels that I can deploy now. And they have the capacity of 13 billion. That is, the world cannot grow large enough to overpower, overwhelm their capacity. 13 billion per day. That's their capacity. So, if you have all of that, why struggle for the meat that perishes? You can't be dealing at that level again. Jesus said, no, it's for the will of the Father. I love my Father. My Father loves me. This is for a particular purpose and will. So, go ahead and do what you need to do. Crucify me. It's okay. <laughs> More than 12, he could have deployed. He said, no. Remember, Pastor Peace taught us on meekness. Self-control. He had the power to do so, but he did not. Meekness. Loneliness of heart. Because he lived from a place. Don't live in reaction to life. Control the dimensions of life from that place called the overflow. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you, Father, for this teaching. We ask that you establish every one of our hearts in 
this truth and in all righteousness in Jesus name thank you father for answer prayers for in Jesus precious name we prayed amen so that's the overflow 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 you're not subject to life life is subject to you so whenever you're using the word circumstances be very careful because circumstance means the circle in which you stand there is no circle that can contain you there is no circle that can contain you circum means circle stands means stand and usually when people use words circumstances they use it in context of things beyond their control there's no such thing for a believer he that is born of God overcomes the world this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith you are a world overcomer see these are realities you think about every day and you can't be you can't be depressed you just can't God loves me and I love him back <laughs> father we give you praise what a blessing let's rejoice and give the Lord a big hand of praise amen all right um, we'll be sharing communion very quickly just to identify again with the body of Jesus Christ amen first Corinthians 11 very quickly let's have the pastors administer the communion very quickly wow wow anyone wants to share what they learned tonight before we go into the communion fully anyone what you learned what you learned tonight can I see your hand Rachel oh yeah come forward come forward come and share with us what you learned tonight Let's celebrate, Rachel. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Okay, so from what I've, um, from everything you've spoken, um, what I want to share is that the love of God is something that you would continually have that revelation yes. for you to remain consistent. Yes. So... Abraham, at the beginning, he was um, asking for a son, Isaac. And it's like, okay, it's the son, Isaac. That's the situation. That's the circumstance around him then. And it's like, okay. God is like, no, you're, you're going to have more than this. This is yes. not just it's not just about the son. Absolutely. So once he moves from that point, God moves him to another level where it's like, okay, now you have to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. So with different circumstances, with different situations we are in, God is explaining his love to us. Wow. God is making wow. us to understand, okay, wow. I love you more than this. So in this situation yes, of your sure. life, you are thinking of this, you want this. God is like, no, I love you. Wow. I'm showing you wow. I love you. It's more than this. Mm. You get to another stage again and you're like, I love you. Because you've passed one test, you are moving to another wow. test. God's like, wow. no, I love you. So you are just getting a higher more dimension more of wow. this love. Thank so you. powerful, so powerful, so powerful, so powerful. Because you can't finish knowing it so powerful there's a knee level pastor mike shared that earlier there's a knee level there's a there is an ankle level knee level waist level and there's the overflow level right you can't exhaust it it's so powerful the love of god the love of god you can't exhaust it it's too much thank you so much rachel that was really profound that was really really profound wow i love you i love you i love you <laughs> oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus okay any other person wants to share okay Don. Uh, okay now 
Don wants to share. Laker wants to share. Shia wants to share. Okay, quickly, one minute each. Don, let's have you. Hallelujah. Um, so what you preached today has been something I've been dwelling upon. Like I've just come to start to learn to dwell that Jesus is more than enough for me. Yes, yes, and yes. God will never mismanage my life. Wow. So Glory to God. So it's just like, okay, let me just be there. I'm still learning to yeah. dwell because, yeah. I mean, sometimes I can yeah. shake, but yeah. I'm learning to stay there. Absolutely. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have Lekon. Um, PTJ, okay. okay. Yes, thank you. So, something that really stuck with me was um, environmental spirituality. So, <laughs> who's that? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Environmental spirituality. So, um, that's what some Christians are operating in. So, mm. and the, that means there, is, there are Christians that, um, that are not in that level. So, the moment you are at the point of overflow is where you tell the environment that I am not careful to answer you. Yes, yes. So, that's when you go to, yes. that's when you have to overflow. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Because if you notice the attitude of the believers, especially evidenced by those in the Old Testament, was that the Bible says they will go through the valley of Baca, desert, and they will look behind. It's a pool of water. They changed the environment. The environment didn't change them. They changed the environment. So there may be a spiritually deserted area. You may be living in that spiritually deserted area, but then you light candles there. That's what Paul did to Ephesus. Entered Ephesus two and a half years later. Everywhere was for Christ so mightily grew the word of God in the city of Ephesus and it prevailed. He would have said, let me go to a Christocentric city. He said, this one that has Diana as his goddess, that's the one I want to tackle. Because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. That's the overflow. Praise God. Thank you, Likon. Shire. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I've learned that our thirst should not be for money or fame, clothes and likes. Yes. Not for what God can give, because he can give everything. Yes. But to be thirsty for God himself, wow. everything God, all of him, that's the reality of the overflow. Whoosh! Hallelujah. Praise God. Very profound. Very profound. Very profound. Tosin. Fantastic. Let's have Tosin. Okay, I think the mic is very far. Okay, go ahead. Amen. Praise, praise God. I didn't know your voice was that deep until Sunday. <laughs> praise, praise God. Okay, hallelujah. So I think I learned that um, I need to build the infrastructure mm. to be able to receive, receive the, the love of God. Wow. Of the love of God. And I think you, you, gave, you gave how to do it through scripture. And and like someone said, I've been thinking about this thing too for a, for a while. Wow. I've never, I've never, I've never understood how um, people do it. Mm. Mm. So um, mm. today I understand how. how wow. So um, when you explained how the Creator of the universe can love you, you understand. Um, it's it's really it's profound. Huge. It's huge. Unique. It's something huge. It's huge. Yeah. But yeah, I understand that you need to. Um, it's like trying to put a boulder on um, on this stool. 
this tool cannot hold the bowl. It's hold You understand? You need to when you try to scoop the ocean with a cup. With a cup. You need to reinforce. You need to expand or reinforce. Yeah. That's it. That's what the Holy Ghost now comes to do. He reinforces. By power in the inner man. And then the inner man can now receive that love by comprehension. It's revelational infrastructure and it's prayer. Only the Pauline prayers can make it happen. You are praying, supplicating, Lord, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings. Kai. Tosin, thank you. No, thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you. So, well, well, that's, that's, that's basically it. That's answered a lot of questions today. Actually. Thank you. So, you just, the first step um, another thing you said is that um, the law of God is um, generic. Mm. Why it shows differently in different people is yes. because of how they received it. Yeah, how open their eyes are. Yes. To it. Do you understand? Yes. Like, how big their cup is to take. Yes. To receive of it. To take it. So if you come, if there's one big bath of wine here, and you can scoop. If I come with a bucket, and you come with this cup, mm. so it's to this degree you that you will receive. You will yeah. receive. Yes. Wow. Thank so you, profound. Sir. So profound. Wow. Amen. Amen. Any other feedback before we wrap up? Okay, Victoriana. <laughs> Thank you, Tosin. You can bring it to Victoriana. Wow. 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 So powerful, so powerful. I wow. think for the longest, we've all been singing, Jaira, you are enough. Yeah. But one day, it just dawned on me. Mm. It's so powerful. Like, she's saying that nothing is powerful enough to be enough for you. Yeah, yeah. And it says, I will be content in every circumstance. Yes. Because he's with you. Because he's with, like that's that revelation mm, knowledge should it. be enough. Yeah. And we, what what you said really just expounded it in my heart because you would want ten things from God, He will give you nine except that one that you really want. Yeah. Because He wants to use it to teach Draw you. Draw you into revelation. Exactly. Yeah. He wants you to teach you a dimension. Just so you understand that he's enough. Yeah. Like if you have nothing else, yeah. he's enough. And if you're here, you have not given everything to God yet. <laughs> it's a level you should desire to get to. I'm not giving it as an instruction. Where you've, you've saved for years. And this is the money you plan to sit with and say, now my soul will rejoice and be merry. Let me lounge. Let me buy all the eyes in this world. And the Lord says, today, give the money now. If you've not gotten to that realm, it's a level to desire. It's a level to desire. First time I gave that kind of a seed, I went home and I cried. The cry was not the cry of pain. I was just so humbled that I could give God. Do you know what it means as a lover that God has given you his son and your one million has not entered his account before? You feel almost indebted, like... So the first one million you can give him, you're like, God, what an honor. Having given me your son, I can give you back. 
a minute. I can give you that kind. Not that you are negotiating 10%. You are, you, are, you are fighting social media. He gave you his son. Your tight is what you are still fighting over. <laughs> so yeah, it's something to aspire to. Aspire to perspire. Sorry. <laughs> Are you done? Thank you. God bless you. And on a last note, the Bible says he has placed eternity in the heart of men. There is nothing that is eternity except God. So you can drown that eternity with things and you will still be so hungry. You will still be void. You will still be looking for how to negotiate for more. Haven't you seen that people earning 1.5 million, they're still not as happy as you earning 120. They're still looking for how to earn 2.5, how to earn 3.5. It never ends, by the way. How many of you know that football money is crazy money? 200,000 euros per week. Converted to Naira, they're earning it per week. And they're still trying to renegotiate 250, 300, 500. And if they say no, it's 490, we'll give you, they'll go to another club. That's to tell you that there is something inside the heart of man. It's called eternity. Only God can size it. Only God can size it. And until you receive the love of God in the size of eternity, you would always be desperate looking for other things to drown your eternity. And you won't still find it. You won't find it. Father, we give you praise. Lord, as we receive this communion, as we take of your body and drink of your blood we ask that a new lease of revelation about your love dawns on our hearts in the name of jesus that's our only request that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened that we can be rooted and grounded in the love of god that we can comprehend along with other saints what is the length the breadth the depth the height so that we can be filled with all the fullness of god because our spirits are elastic enough to accommodate the fullness Lord, we receive today, tonight, right now, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please take off the bread. Chew of it. Pray underneath your breath. Thank you, sir. Once you're done, then take off the blood. Thank you, sir. Christ is my reward Oh And there's nothing in this world That could ever satisfy me Oh, through every trial my soul will sing, no turning back. I've been set free.
Connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Parpoint Tribe.